I got my driver's license and they, and so I need to talk to, so I'm like, okay, hey, I need to talk to my bank now because the bank needs the updated information. Mm-hmm. And they're like, please, here, here is a DocuSign for you to upload a picture of your updated information and some legal documentation of the change. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. I do that. And then they send me another thing. They're like, okay, uh, now we just need you to sign this and then uh, we'll have your stuff in the mail um, as soon as we can. And I'm like, cool. Thanks a bunch. And so I open the another docu- sign thing uh, and it's like, this is your name. This is your birthday. This is whatever. And this is your driver's license number. And I'm like, so I, you know, I'm like, okay, so we got yada, yada, yada. Oh, there's an extra zero in there. So I'm like, probably no one will even notice if I just sign this. But uh, out of the goodness of my heart and probably going to, and probably going to save someone a lot of hassle later. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, secure messages messaged, uh, someone at the bank and I was like, Hey, I would really like to sign this, but I cannot because I'm supposed to, you know, under threat of, um, being put in prison for perjury or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot sign this cause it's not correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is the correct one. It's very similar. Just next zero could just take just. I can't. I can't change it myself because it's a DocuSign thing. Mm-hmm. So if you could just hit backspace on that real quick, <laughs> that would be great. Um, and I, I was nice about it. Trust me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, they're like, "Oh my God, we're so sorry. Um, uh, we really appreciate." Uh, you telling us about this and we'll get, and I, I, I just put in a request to have that changed immediately. Um, it'll be sent back to you as soon as that change is done. Uh, th- thank you for your, um, your blah, blah, blah patronage. I don't know what exactly mm-hmm. what, thank you for using our services, whatever. Um, they mentioned how long I've been, I've been with them. My interpretation of it was this is a, stock answer which fair like mm-hmm. i would to- i would totally use templates if it, that was my job yeah um so it's like a stock answer for customer notice problem and it is our fault <laughs> like basically say like oh my gosh sorry we're so sorry sorry um we'll fix it real soon super 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 soon uh, and um, don't forget that uh, we own all your money and you've been with us for this long. So don't go anywhere because you don't know what it's like out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we know, and there are probably some boomers who are like, do you know how long I've been banking here? And and if they can just yeah. say, yes, yes, sir, we absolutely do. We do. It's been this many hours, in fact. Uh, <laughs> um, and I'm like, And of course, I'm like, I th- thanks for um, thanks for getting back to me. Mm-hmm. I I I really don't need you to be that sorry about it though. <laughs> I just need you to press backspace. Um, <laughs> if you could just press backspace, please. And yeah, they. Uh, but, but of course, that was like four o'clock on a Friday, so they didn't get to it until. Well, they haven't gotten to it yet, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, still waiting on that. But it was like. Really, I just need you to press backspace and send it to me again. Mm-hmm. Back, pressing backspace is one of those skills where if you know how to press backspace right, you only need to work like 20 hours a week at your job. Because um, <laughs> they, they need you, you know. we got to call in the backspace guy. Hey, Zach. Hey, Liz. I have some follow-up. Okay. So last episode, I was talking about uh, my issues uh, getting all these things to work. 
a bunch of different really annoying problems kept popping up. Um, but the gist of it was that I have the MX Master 3 from Logitech mouse. Mm-hmm. And it's a very fine mouse. I like it a lot. It has a lot of buttons, and I have the buttons do things. Uh, and I was using the Logitech app for assigning buttons, which is called Logi Options. And uh, I was having some issues, though, because uh, the video game Minecraft is a virtual machine and the minecraft is a java application java runs in mm-hmm. a virtual machine so mm-hmm. the logi options app just kind of ignored it so i couldn't assign app specific buttons to minecraft which was right. annoying uh so i went through kind of a journey trying to get everything working with uh, basically something different broke every time I tried to do something else, <laughs> try to fix it. Um, so, but I finally found a solution. Uh, and that solution is, of course, Better Touch Tool. It's what I should have just gone with in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't a matter of not having it. I've had it for a long time and u- used it, use it all the time. But um, I didn't know that. So... If you are trying to do something similar, here's what I did. Mm-hmm. What you need to do if you have an MX Master 3 and you would like the thumb button, or rather the horizontal button, as it's known, um, to not just press Alt-Tab. That's the only thing it does if you have the Logi Options app uninstalled. Um, mm-hmm. And you would do that because the Logi Options app kind of sucks compared to Better Touch Tool. And it grabs all the inputs and doesn't let Better Touch Tool have them. So you need to uninstall that. Get it out of here. Um, And then you open your Better Touch Tool and go to All Apps. And don't go to Normal Mouse. Don't go to the Normal Mouse dropdown. That's for charlatans. Mm -hmm. And some, that's mistake number one. That's mistake one number one is thinking that the mouse is acting as a mouse. Please tell me it's a MIDI trigger. No, it's a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you, so you go to keyboard shortcuts. Mm-hmm. You add a uh, trigger and set it to what it, the key command that your horizontal button triggers which in my case is um command tab i said alt tab before i meant command tab Um, okay but you don't want this you don't want it to trigger something whenever you command tab so you need to make sure it only triggers with this keyboard there's only you need to scroll down to trigger conditions in the um options thing on the far right I think side. It's in advanced specifically. I do not have to press an advanced thing. Uh-huh. Either way, uh, trigger conditions, and you need to go down to the drop down and s- click on works on keyboards with the same type as used for recording. So you won't just trigger it whenever you want a command tab. Mm. And then you can set it to activate mission control or whatever you choose to do. Um, I like mission control. And then um, you can go back to normal mouse uh, and you can set up a conditional activation group and you need the conditions for this group to be. Uh, All of the following are true. Process name contains Java. (laughs) And as long as you're not running a lot of Java apps, which most people aren't, um, this will work. And you can set the buttons to do whatever you want them to do. So once again, uh, Better Touch Tool uh, wins out. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for an excellent app. Um, and I would like to formally apologize for uh, not fully reading the forum that this... Uh, I was like, how do I do this? And then it was like, here's a forum post. And then I was like... 
I skimmed it and I was like, this doesn't look like what I need. And then I kept looking around and I couldn't find anything. Yeah. And then... There, <laughs> there are some people who I know who get... They like see a, uh, computer buttons, right? They see like options on a computer screen and they go, this is computer stuff. I don't get it. Even if it's just like enter your name or something, you know? You could like see that it's on the computer and it's asking you a thing and you go, I... In the past, I have not known the answer when the computer asks me a thing. And so why would I this time? And they get scared of the the computer buttons. And I think in a similar way, after like the fifth time you have gone onto some forum and it's uh, not the information you want, you go, oh, that's a forum and you get scared. Um, I, I don't know these computer buttons and you, you run away. And I think that's a thing that everybody does. I think it's really like... I think it just happens. I think it's understandable. Okay. And so I'm proud of you for, for going back as scary as it was. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's what I did to fix my problem. And now I don't have any problems. Good. Proud of you. That's a That's a big step. I'm still mad at Logitech though. Well, yeah. Because they deleted my settings. They were like, log in and we'll give us your email and we will save your settings. And then I gave them my email and they said they saved my settings. And then mm -hmm. I tried to get my settings back and then they said, F you. So I'm mad at Logitech, but it's not a big deal because there were not that many settings, to be honest. Yeah. And now you've got to do them all in Better Touch Tool anyway. Yeah. I have not really looked into better touch tool i got it a long time ago for the window snapping um i i know that they have something else that they do that does window snapping and i think because i had the touch bar i was like what if i have the better touch tool touch bar options and then i never did anything with it um, it uh does not make your touch bar any more useful no <laughs> Although it was a valiant attempt. Yeah. And so I've just had it sitting here, and I now see that there's options for button three and four on this mouse, and currently they don't do anything because they don't, like, work with this all the way that I would want it to. But maybe if I could get one to, to do an app switcher or something, mm -hmm. that'd be slick. Are they, like, forward-backward buttons? Uh, no. So this is my, my trackball that I've got. Ah. Um and so it's got the the two lower ones and the two upper ones mm -hmm. and i got it because i i was like am i getting rsi and so then i got the trackball that would feel familiar to me and i think now i'm not getting rsi because i do enough different mouse things nice yeah it is not fair that things i do in my 20s can have lasting health effects i don't like yeah. that this should yeah, no. this should be free you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I'm with you in a lot of ways. And that I want to just like be able to kind of, um, you know, in the light bulb metaphor, which is inherently very flawed, just like put one light bulb up to 100%. One of the four, you got four light bulbs and you can only, you got to balance them all. At, you only have 100% to distribute. Just put one light bulb up to 100% and be like, here we go. We're going to invest fully in this light bulb and then not have the, all of the other ones go down because it's my 20s and so then when i'm older they can all like i can they can all kick back into gear but for right now these other ones are paused they're not going down it's not fair and that's logitech's fault F you logitech yeah i'm in my 20s i shouldn't have to deal with drivers <laughs> uh my producer needed a webcam um for new job or mm -hmm. something i don't know if they like need it need it but it's like should probably have a webcam yeah so they're like hey you got some time find a webcam for me and i'm like i got that i can do that mm -hmm. easy so i'm like okay let's see let's uh let's go into my let's open up my email app which is my favorite thing to do and then let's search for relay fm in the search bar through all my archives and whatever and just like let's 
search within these emails for the phrase webcam. And what's just, basically the thought is there's like a monthly Real AFM newsletter if you're a member. I'm a member. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very proud, in fact. Um, this is not true. I don't know why I said that. I'm just stalling for time. The And they have like one person a month say like, this is my desk setup. Here's a picture of it. Here's the gear I use. These are okay, yeah. And I'm like, what are the what are the real IFM people use for webcams? Uh huh. You know, podcasters. Not necessarily like they don't care about webcams probably that much, but right, it's not not part of their job. Yeah. So I go through that, and I'm like, okay, so basically everyone's using Logitech stuff. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll just uh, I'll reduce my search down to Logitech cameras, and I eventually landed on one. Doesn't really matter what it is. Um, so like, Certus, don't edit this before we have received the webcam. But, um, so I'm not actually mad at Logitech, obviously, but mm -hmm. I am. Glad that they provide something that you needed. Logitech. Logitech is one of those companies that you go, well, it'll do. It's like when you need to go to a gas station. You're like, well, there's a gas station here. Speaking of, of being more and more interested in rust every day, uh, there is a, a list that I have of people who, who tweet or retweet interesting things about rust and um, one of the, the users that has started popping up on that Twitter list um, is, I believe they are called ButtPlugIO. Classic Twitter handle. And they are called that because they make open source sex toys. We stand. And the tweet that made them first pop up um, in my feed was that they were on the rust reddit and somebody said hey do you guys mostly use rust for the front end or the back end and butt plug io said <laughs> and so because of that i've been thinking how many things are there that that i think about as like you've just got to go out and get this from from logitech or whatever but they make open source right mm -hmm. open source sex toy that's not a thing that you you would have considered i think before before butt plug io made a, a dumb joke on rust Probably um, not, no. Rust subreddit. I would kind of... If... if sir, sir, this is going to be a nightmare to edit. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry. I'm just going to... Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the TikTok thing where we're like... We're just going to like put in a word there and everyone knows what we mean. Okay. Um, So we're going to use the... We're going to use the term Rubik's Cube to mean sex toy. Okay. If someone was, if I was in the market to buy a Rubik's Cube and someone was like, you should look into open source Rubik's Cubes, I would be like, why would I do that? First of all, <laughs> like you, you will need to convince me. Um, but also I was, my other thought was like, what if it was just less smart? Could it just be less smart? And <laughs> it wouldn't need to be open, open source. And that's kind of how I feel about cameras as well. Like Logitech is like, I, I'm on the website and they're like, it can do all this color matching and stuff. And like, even if your lights are completely turned off, we'll still, uh, mm -hmm. we'll still highlight your face super, super well. And I'm like, I don't believe you first of all, but what if it was <laughs> just, just a camera? Like a trail camera. <laughs> what if it was just a camera? Mm -hmm. Hmm. I hadn't c considered that. What if it was just a camera? And, like, I'm not saying there's, like, nothing to be explored in the in the realm of, like, high-tech Rubik's Cubes. Mm -hmm. But, like, what if it was just dumb? What if it was... <laughs> right. I don't, I don't need it to count, count down or anything for me. I can... I can... I can count all on my own. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know what the advantage of these particular Rubik's Cubes is. 
I think like no matter what, you're gonna have a let's see if I agree with this thing that I'm about to say with my mouth. I think pretty quickly you get to Rubik's Cubes that are gonna have a microcontroller and some sort of software in them. Even if it's just how fast does it spin. That that makes sense. It it would be hard these days to avoid like doing any sort of regulate like electrical regulation with without a microcontroller. Uh-huh. I agree. If we got the Turing machine in there. Right. What if we just had it mine Bitcoin? Mm. <laughs> There's a proof of something joke in there, but I can't find it. I'm looking through the GitHub. I'm gonna hold on hold on a sec. <laughs> okay. It I need to this may be a good PSA, but I need to read this to you for right now. Okay. Um, it will integrate with the buttplug IO open source sex toy driver system via the buttplug WebSocket server to mirror your typing performance to any number of supported vibrators, including Xbox three sixty controllers. <laughs> which I'm sure Microsoft is extremely happy about. I'm pretty sure you can buy something like that on Steam. (laughs) You just set the rumble pack on your connected controller to, you know, whatever configuration you want. Um, Wait, wait, no, no, don't, 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 no, 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 please, no. I hate this. No, please stop. What's up? Uh, um, there's a Rubik's Cube integration for Minecraft. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. What does it do? I don't know yet. I'm still reading. It's a mod that uses connected Rubik's Cubes to enhance the gameplay experience. Great. Oh, you can flash it onto... You can flash it, can't you? Huh? Um... (laughs) Onto <laughs> um, all sorts of popular hardware brands. So it's not that you buy the cube from them in particular. It's just that it is something that can be installed. It's like OpenWRT. If your thing, whether it be a Rubik's Cube or a webcam, is is like if it is if it does need to be smart like it it is nice to have it open source so like don't get me don't get me wrong in like thinking that i don't want it think it should exist i just i I wish it were a bit dumber in general that's fair i so from that i then started looking at um mice and thinking there's probably an open source mouse and there is there's a handful of open source mice and that's pretty cool um, but it also is so much more expensive than a normal mouse and I don't even need one right now. So it's interesting that it's more expensive. That's what happens when you pay for labor or something. <laughs> um, and every time I start thinking about mice, then I have to start thinking about mechanical keyboards because it, it truly is only a matter of time before I get one. I just am not sure what scale Watch a few Mike Hurley streams, see if uh, putting it together is for you. So one day we will be free of Logitech um, because all of all of our mice and webcams and Rubik's Cubes and everything will be open sourced. Um, but until then, I'm glad that Better Touch Tool is there to hack around it. Me too. It's true. It's truly a fantastic app. And I, if you do any sort of, um, you know things that could be considered power usage of a computer of a mac then i recommend better touch tool the thing is better touch tool has a lot to be hacking around right computers generally have a lot to hack around within them there's a lot that you go oh okay well (laughs) better touch tool rubik's cube support these are thoughts yeah these are thoughts yeah you could probably call to an API or something. 
Or I bet Home Assistant. I bet you could get your Home Assistant set up with your Rubik's Cube. <laughs> when your vacuum needs emptying, it, it rotates your Rubik's Cube really fast. It's not, it's a non-zero amount of people interested in connecting Home Assistant to their Rubik's Cube. Not surprised at all. So anyway, um, computers are uh, largely uh, just a miserable pile of hacks, right? Yes. Um, And we have done a lot of work since the 1980s to turn them into something that you can, like, kind of rely on. But there's still a whole lot of, like, well, this is just... Just most of the time it works, and that's fine. I saw a blog post the other day of somebody just cataloging all of the bugs that they encountered in a week. And I was like, there's no way that that's true. And then they listed a couple, and I was like, yeah, I've seen those. And then the next day I was like, I opened up my Instapaper app, and it was just white because it does that sometimes. If you, like, don't exit the session correctly, it just is a white screen. And then you need to um, dismiss it. Like fully, you need to get it out of the the cache and then bring it back up, and now it's fine. Um, and John Syracuse yells at you, but the thing is, that's the only way to make it work. Um, that's that's the valid way of using that functionality, I think. <laughs> and so there's all these little little bugs in in our day to day that happen, um, and most of the time we can work around them, or we don't notice them, or it's there one day and then we reboot our computer and it's not there the next, whatever. Um, and most of the time it's the kind of thing that affects just us. Or like if it's on a server, it's like, you know, whatever. The server for your local gym is down for a day and you you go, hey, your server's down and they'd figure it out and they get it fixed back up and problem solved, you know. <laughs> uh, but But sometimes, sometimes things at a larger scale than my instapaper app isn't working um sometimes for six hours straight facebook's entire network um gets disconnected from the rest of the internet and that's just the thing that happens you just got to be like well yeah computers just kind of do that sometimes let's see if it works tomorrow (laughs) they are indeed a miserable pile of hacks and this is uh this is one of them and we put a whole lot of trust into this one thing um in a way that like if my gym website goes down or Instapaper, even if it's totally stopped working, I would like lose a little bit of information about articles that I promised myself I would read and was lying about. Um, and when Facebook goes down uh, and Facebook's associated services, uh, like businesses can't operate some of them because they they have um, been convinced that the best way to run all of their operations and all of their ordering and all of that is through Facebook. Um, and it sure simplifies things some of the time and it makes, it makes free things that would otherwise cost money because that's how the ad supported internet works. Um, and it also centralizes every single piece of, of human interaction into Facebook. If they, if they had their, their druthers, um, it would all be Facebook or something else. Probably by the time this is edited, it will not be called that anymore. Who knows? So Facebook went down, and I I saw it happen, um, not because I was on Facebook, but because I was on Twitter. I'm off Twitter, by the way. And uh, everyone on Twitter was talking about it, and then Twitter started to get really slow because Facebook was down and everybody was running from Facebook servers to Twitter servers. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, Facebook is down, whatever. And then a couple of days later, I thought, wait, how did that, what happened there? How did that happen? How did that go down? It's not um, supposed to happen. And so I looked into it and the answer is that the internet is a giant, miserable pile of hacks. Um, and I'm here to tell you about a handful of them. <laughs> so I did a bunch of research on this and I'm having a tough time figuring out where to start. So give me a second to sort that out. I think a good place to start. Um, so I, I started my research journey looking at, um, Cloudflare. Uh, they run a DNS service and a caching 
service. There's a fancier name for the thing that they do, but you go to a website and you don't go to the server way over there to get the website. You go to one of Cloudflare servers um, and then every 24 hours Cloudflare goes to this other server and they get the most up-to-date version of your thing. Um, And then while they're doing that, um, it makes a lot of sense for them to be pushing the world of DNS forward. I will get to what DNS is in in one moment. Um, But they are incentivized to have a really easy way to say what the next step in improving DNS should be. Um, Because it's the thing that tells you where to go to get a server's information. And they are where they want people to go to get server's information. If you're if you're paying for Cloudflare um, and everybody's still going to your server and not Cloudflare's server, um, they're not doing you a whole bunch of good. So they run a DNS service so that they can um, make sure that at least their little corner of the internet is as up-to-date with the things that they need DNS to do as possible. Um, DNS is... The way that your computer figures out, let's think about this. DNS is the way that your computer figures out um, who it should, where it should look for google.com, for example. Um, You put in a website that looks like just some words, and it turns it into an address um, on the internet. Um, It is the domain name service. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, Cloudflare runs this DNS service, and they have encountered multiple um, DNS issues, and um, that is tied to BGP issues. Uh, They've got a handful of different articles about times that BGP has gone wrong. So I'm not even going to start with the Facebook one, because there's one older one that I think is a great illustrative example to um, the ways that we all just hope that the system works just fine. Um, so in June of 2019, uh, Verizon and a single program, uh, to do BGP optimization, uh, knocked large parts of the internet offline for a day. Once your computer goes to DNS and it figures out who it needs to, hmm, there's steps to this. So DNS, (laughs) uh, you want to say, google.com and turn that into a place that you can go to get that actual information Mm -hmm. um but the way that your computer does it is it asks your wi-fi router because chances are your wi-fi router has had five people going to it and saying hey where's google.com and um if in the last hour it's gotten a valid result. It doesn't have to go all the way through the whole internet to figure out where google.com is. It can just use the last answer that it had. Um, uh, but if you're going to a new website that your your local router has never seen, then you go to a higher level domain name resolver uh, and you just continue doing that until you get to a result or to... Um, the knowledge that there is no result. And so that is set up in a hierarchical way that your router goes to a slightly larger DNS system. Um, and then that, that one, if it doesn't know the answer falls through to another one. Um, it is like a cache is, is another thing that computers do that operates in kind of the same way. You look for a result. And if you can't find the result here, you look in the next place you think it might be and you keep looking, um, in larger and larger places until you get the result that you want. (laughs) And then once at some point you get that result, uh, if it's a real result, if it's a real address, uh, you can follow that address. You say, okay, it's, it's going to be four numbers. Um, 10.0.0.1 is a very bad example because that, that is a low. How do you know my social security number? then your computer needs to go through that same hierarchy to figure out how to get to uh, 10.0.0.1. And so first it asks the first router that it knows. It goes to uh, your home router. And it 
It says, hey, where's 10.0.0.1? And it says, yeah, I'll connect you up to them. It's that away. It's that direction and that direction. And then it points to um, whoever your internet service provider is, probably, you know, Charter or Spectrum or Time Warner, um, Verizon, somebody like that. And they go, it's that away. That's where that is. Um, and it's a really easy task for your router um, because there's only a couple directions it can go. It's either all of this stuff on your home network, you want to connect to another server on your home network, it, it goes, it's that away, and it points back into the network. And then you want to connect to anything else, it goes, it's that away, and it points to the rest of the world. Um, and so that's a pretty easy table to keep track of. You've got this direction or that direction. Um, and where the complexity comes in is once you step one outside of that, you get to um, your internet service provider. And it still says, okay, I want to go to 10.0.0.1. Um, and now Charter has to know, okay, everybody who's 10.0.anything is this direction, right? It's in the U.S. or something like that. And the internet is made of a bunch of collections of the first two numbers or the first one number or whatever are in an area that you can just kind of throw this over to um, whoever handles the 10 dot anything and they'll handle it. Uh, and you don't need to know what they're going to do with it afterwards. And so the whole internet is just a bunch of going, I don't know. I think it's over that way, <laughs> but like really, really fast. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, something that might be, useful to mention is that i mean if you're curious about this kind of thing like it's you should not be learning it from us if you're <laughs> like actually trying to learn more about dns but like if you're like how do they like make sure that it doesn't go forever because like what if two servers point back at each other like there's a there's a timeout it's like mm -hmm. if it bounces more than five times i don't want it <laughs> right yeah um, or it can be more than five seconds or whatever. There are, yeah. are different metrics where that happens. And if you're curious about what path your uh, your ping takes, uh, you can actually the way they do that is actually really interesting. Uh, it goes your computer just kind of uh, uh, there's the trace route command. Okay. And the way that works is it sends it to your to your router and the router's like this has a timeout of zero so no i didn't find it <laughs> oh and then your computer says okay same request but timeout of one and then your isp is like nope by the time it reaches <laughs> the isp it's at a timeout of zero yeah basically and then uh it just keeps going down that line until you get there so you can uh trace what locations it goes it bounces around to um just by setting the countdown at to different intervals in, in succession huh and each time they say nope they say i am your isp and i say nope yeah basically that's how I understood it, at least. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. When you read your notes, you kind of like get a, like a hmm kind of what what is what are you gonna say next? What are you gonna say next? And I'm always thinking you're directing that at me, but I think it's <laughs> it's internal now that I'm looking at it. Um, oh yeah. But I like I see you like kind of shift into reading your notes, and but you're it looks like you're looking at me through the uh -huh. webcam. I'm wondering, I wrote all this stuff about TCPIP, and it's a little bit relevant, but not necessary here. Okay, so we're at um, each step in the process just knows a vague direction. They go, everything that's 10 dot whatever goes this way, or they know something very specific, right? It's the stuff in your house knows um, the local address it's destined to. It everything else it just kind of casts a very wide net it just throws it off in a general direction and gets it there and that's how the internet works that's how it all stays together that's how you get your uh 
your memes and your Google results and whatever um, is like very fast going. That's over that way. Um, and so at some point you need to know what's in what direction. You can't just go, it's over that way. If you don't even know what's, what's that way and what's this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have established some protocols for, uh, routers, especially at that higher level where you're like an ISP or something to communicate, Hey, everything that's 10 dot, whatever, I've got that. You just throw that over to me and it's fine. Um, and that your ISP can go to one ISP and say everything that's 10 dot, whatever, I've got that. And then the next step over also, um, they understand that this is the best chain to get through, to get to 10 dot, whatever. And that's BGP. That is, uh, the border gateway protocol. And so, uh, that is the gateway, um, with a router at the border of an autonomous system. Um, an autonomous system is just kind of its own sub-network. And so it's like if you mapped cities only by the roads in and out. And no roads once you get inside of the city. And you just say, okay, well, if you want to get to Milwaukee, you take Milwaukee Road or something. So this particular issue on uh, July 19, July 24th, 2019... Um, was that a small-scale internet service provider, DQE, uh, sent out BGP information. They said, hey, if you want to reach um, 10 dot whatever, you can come this way. Um, but they didn't just say 10 dot whatever. They said, if you want to reach 10.1 or 10.2 or 10.3 or 10.4, just the whole... <laughs> uh, you can send it our way and we've got this. And because that was more specific than whoever actually uh, manages the 10 dot whatever region, mm-hmm. um, everybody said, okay, well, they've really got it. They've got 10.4, like pretty specific. <laughs> it's not just, it's not only the 10 dot something. And mm-hmm. so they all started taking that as the, like the, the, the definite way that we should get to 10.4. Um, because it's more specific. And so um, the DQE sent that uh, information out to Verizon because that's the whole point of BGP is to get this information from one router to another. And so you send it to Verizon and Verizon says, okay, you've got 10.4. I'm going to tell everybody that if they need to get to 10.4, they can come through me. And then once you get three or four steps out there, um, they can say, okay, well, Verizon said that they've got 10.4 in two steps and Spectrum said that they've got 10.4 in three steps. And so I'm going to take the two-step one. So they sent this information to Verizon. And Verizon told everybody, okay, you can you can go through here and get to 10.4 um, automatically, right? That's It's designed to just take this information and send it around um, without any intervention. And they shouldn't have. <laughs> There's like... Best practices when you do BGP, when you are Verizon and you set up uh, BGP, and it's like... Don't uh, just trust every chucklehead with a, that sends out a request. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so they trusted all, all, all chuckleheads. Um, uh, to quote um, this blog post from Cloudflare, it does not cost a provider like Verizon anything to have such limits in place. And there's no good reason, other than sloppiness or laziness, that they wouldn't have such limits in place. Which is as biting as I've ever seen a corporate blog post get. Absolutely. Um, like, that's the kind of thing that Verizon can sue you over, because it's, like, extremely yeah. specific. It's also not wrong. No, it's not. <laughs> they go that's into, like, thing. here are all the steps. Um, they, they've got the Internet Routing Registry. Um, which is a set of distributed databases um, that companies can register to to give authoritative block routing information. So I say, hey, I've got the 10.4, and I go to the Internet Routing Registry, and like a human checks that over, and then I'm registered, um, and everybody should check them if somebody else comes in and says they've got 10.4. And all of this, a lot of the improvements in DNS and BGP and whatever, um, the, the ways that they set standards, the ways that they like 
establish what the norms are, what people are supposed to do, um, how to be a good citizen in the the world of BGP and routing. Uh, the organization is the uh, it's got a load the mutually agreed norms for routing security, also known as manners. <laughs> That's cute. And so if you if you follow your manners um, and listen to this internet routing registry and don't just accept every chucklehead, uh, you won't cause this enormous downtime for like half of the East Coast just because you you trusted what somebody else said. And that's how frail computers are. <laughs> that's how frail the whole system is, is that that somebody says, hey, I've I've got this. Don't worry about it. And everybody says, yeah, sounds good because whatever, 10 years ago when they first designed the system to take the information and repeat it out, they weren't thinking about manners or the internet routing registry. They were just thinking about how to make it work. Um, and then in 2019, um, we have all of this, uh, all sorts of problems um, because w- while a few DNS services and uh, routing services have started to update their best practices, a good number have not. In October of 2021, um, Cloudflare saw a whole bunch of DNS lookups for Facebook not responding. And they run a DNS service, so they thought, oh, that's probably us. We probably messed up our DNS service because it's a, a big, frail thing, and um, the best we can do is just keep an eye on it, and we've been keeping an eye on it, and now it looks like Facebook isn't isn't working for us, so... Uh, which is a big problem right yeah that's a huge problem for cloud if it's cloudflare's fault that's like that's a lot of money being lost Uh i think i don't imagine that they rehost facebook i guess i don't know but still it like if the dns isn't resolving because of them uh 99.5 nine percent of people will not be able to get to facebook right of people who go through cloudflare is yeah unless you know facebook's ip address off the top of your head (laughs) and so they were going oh oh i guess that's us and then everybody started going hey facebook is not responding and i don't use cloudflare and facebook is is not doing well um and so the folks at Cloudflare said, well, this is this is a problem, but it's not our problem. And we can do our best to help the folks at Facebook out. Um, but for right now, we just got to keep an eye on it. Um, what had happened was a command was issued with the intention to assess the availability of a global backbone capacity, which unintentionally took down all the connections in our backbone network, effectively disconnecting Facebook data centers globally. So all the Facebook data centers are connected to one another and the internet. Uh, And because that connection is made up of computers, you can tell each of those computers making up that connection. um, Hey, like, make sure that you can connect to everybody that you're supposed to and whatever. Or you can say, (laughs) make sure that you cannot connect to everybody uh, just for fun. Um, (laughs) The system was supposed to prevent commands like that. Uh, but the code that was supposed to prevent bad commands had a bug. <laughs> they accidentally exploited their own code. <laughs> a miserable pile of hacks. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, Facebook's DNS servers uh, were in an autonomous system, and that autonomous system was being advertised to the outside world by BGP. Um but they stop advertising um, that you can reach them through BGP uh, when they can't connect to the data centers um, because they might have out-of-date info as far as what the DNS servers point you to and that kind of thing. And so uh, they stopped advertising how to get to their DNS servers. And because it's a hierarchical thing, um, eventually... People's information on where Facebook was became out of date. They said, hey, Facebook, where is Facebook? Um, And they stopped getting answers. (laughs) And the the biggest deal, 
is that Facebook said, hey, Facebook, where is Facebook? Um, their internal <laughs> tools for debugging, for figuring out what's going on, um, required DNS. They didn't have hard-coded um, IPs. They just said, hey, go to whatever, uptime.facebook.com um, to see what the, the uptime status is of these servers. Um, uh, and then the, once they had kind of sussed out what had gone on, uh, they ran into the issue that their routers were designed to be secure. Also, their access into the buildings um, required DNS. Um, and so that's where you get, uh, I think they are apocryphal, but I can't even tell, um, stories about folks going into the Facebook servers with angle grinders to get at the, um, the servers that they needed to reset them, to tell them to start connecting up again, because once you are disconnected from everything, it's really hard to issue a remote command. Hey, what if it was, what if we just used locks on the door and then we wouldn't, what if the Rubik's Cubes were less smart and then Facebook <laughs> wouldn't be locked out of their own damn building? Locks are easy to copy. And NFC DNS is not. easy to break. Everybody knows. Uh, Facebook so this is, you might be aware of something called chaos engineering, which is where you go, what if just like this thing went down for a little bit and what would our system do? How would our system respond? Um, and you just like have some computer set up to simulate another computer being offline now. Um, and it just decides at random. So you don't have, you aren't leaning too heavily on this or that thing existing. It just goes, this computer's offline now. What do you do? Um, and that's chaos engineering. And they do that at the level of data centers. It goes, this data center is offline now. What do you do? Uh, and they call that storm events. And now they're going to try <laughs> simulating, hey, you can't connect to DNS because you can't connect to the, it stopped advertising on BGP because it stopped having a connection to the global Facebook backbone. Um, what do you do now? And so they fixed it. They just went in and they turned everything back on. But um, in the meantime, all of this like, stuff that is built on other stuff just keeps handing out information that is out of date or too up to date or right part of what they wanted probably is to not be sending out a bunch of out of date information because you send out bad information and everybody in the in the manners group goes hey you're sending out bad information <laughs> and so you try and play nice in one way and you you cut off your your foot in the other way I was reading a Washington Post article about BGP from 2015. It was, uh, you know, how does your, your traffic get from here to there? Um, they, there are such things as long-haul providers, which I didn't know about, which they call the airlines of cyberspace, um, which is things like when you think about the undersea internet cables, that kind mm -hmm. of thing, um, mm -hmm. that a lot of traffic goes to these long-haul providers and then it gets spit out on the other end. Um, and rerouted, but it kind of has to all funnel into this one pathway, get across, and then go back out where it needs to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then they said, for the system to work properly, the BGP information shared among routers cannot contain lies or errors. <laughs> yeah. Lies. I, lo I love talking about, like, lying, lying computers. Uh-huh. Because there's, like, a human, like, if you think about the word lying, like, there's an amount of, like, unless you qualify it, there's a, like there's some malice in there. Like, you have, if you want to say that I lied without malice, you'd say, like, a white lie. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you say lie, like. The, right, it's the, a, it's a, it's a knowing thing for sure. Mm-hmm. So, com the. The concept of com computers lying is very funny. Mm -hmm. If you're wondering, it takes uh, 16 steps to get from my laptop here in Madison to superawesomecourt.com in terms of DNS. Mm. It goes to my router, and then the router does some stuff, sends it to Charter. 
And then Charter does some stuff that appears as asterisks for me in my trace route program. Ooh. Um, so not sure what's happening there, but eventually the get sent routers. <laughs> get sent to Michigan and then back to Wisconsin, then Minnesota, <laughs> then Minnesota, then Minnesota, <laughs> then Minnesota, and then Illinois, then Montana, then Illinois. <laughs> Then Texas, then Texas, then Linode. Then Linode does, does some asterisk-y things. And then finally we get to my server, superawesomecorp.com. And all that happens in... Looks like six hundredths of a second. It's a pretty impressive pile of hacks. I'll give it that. <laughs> it is hilarious that it, like... it, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota... Illinois, Montana, back to Illinois, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Those computers are lying. I bet that's what's going wrong. It could be. Those are most of those are charter servers. Mm. So and charter doesn't have to follow rules because it is a monopoly. You don't sure need is. manners when you uh have all the power. Yeah. Uh, Incredible what happens when you um allow someone to be single mindedly devoted to a single purpose. Um which is squeezing people who need connection to the internet. Wild how that uh, <laughs> drives perverse incentives um, and does not lead to the best customer care. So speaking of the perverse incentives of the single-minded pursuit of uh, one or very few um, outcomes, I finished reading Seeing Like a State a while ago. Uh, it's a very good book um and it is a lot about the ways that um when you try to optimize for a single thing you have to ignore a lot of other things um especially when you try and do it at the level of a state or a large company or a bureaucracy right any large enough system um, you get to the top and you have to ignore a lot of things um if you're just looking at one or two variables um that is enough um, for you to hold in your head. And so maybe hierarchies are not a great way to organize people. Who could say? I haven't read, I think there's other books by the same author. Um, <laughs> but for sure, uh, you get some bad outcomes um, when you're pursuing just a single thing, especially as a state, especially as a state with violence behind you. Um. Uh, Brasilia is the federal capital of Brazil. Um, it was founded in 1960 uh, to serve as the national capital. And it was a planned city with some very particular modernist architects behind it. Um, and the thing about modernist architects in the 1960s is that they all imagined that a wonderful egalitarian society we would all be in the exact same kind of building and that would be great for all of us and the um the streets would be so wide that you never had traffic and nobody needed to be a pedestrian anywhere um and what else did 1960s modernist architects believe oh that parks need to be enormous enormous <laughs> parks with nothing in them and nothing bordering them except roads. Um, and all of your purposes should be singularly clumped into an area. So all of your shops should be by all of your other shops. And all of your homes should be by all of your other homes. And all of your bureaucracy should be by all of your other bureaucracy. Um, all of your industry should by, be by all of your other industry. But um, Brasilia didn't have a lot of industry because it was built up to be just a federal city um, like think Washington, D.C. There's not a whole lot of industry going on in Washington, D.C. It's largely um, politicians and lobbyists and NGOs and museums. Sure. And um, the thing about the other thing about 1960s modernist architects is they are they were wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were incorrect and uh, they simplified things in a singular pursuit in a way that led them to be wrong um, and be wrong in really significant ways um, and in ways that meant that 
they could never realize the things that they were imagining um, because they were too busy imagining them and not looking at the world around them. Um, so I think the classic example with Brasilia is that they said, everybody, it's going to be this egalitarian thing. All of the bureaucrats are going to live um, in exactly the same style uh, buildings. Uh, and they're going to be apartments or condos or I don't know what the, the ownership style was, um, but everybody's in the exact same uh, buildings and housing just looks like this and housing is right by the main road and then you get off the out of the house and into the main road and then you drive to where you got to go and we've got one road that goes from the housing district to the the office district whatever great egalitarian thing um and everybody needs to go just from the housing district to the office district um nobody needs kitchens because everybody hates cooking and um especially in brazil (laughs) people f***ing hate cooking in brazil I think that might be a Le Corbusier thing. It might not be a Brasilia thing in particular, uh, but definitely a modernist architecture thing. That They were like, everybody hates cooking, and so we're not going to build kitchens. You get a microwave or whatever. Um, they imagined this place for sure, and then they needed people to build it. And all of the people who were building it didn't have anywhere to live while they were building all of the housing. Um, of course. And so a, uh, in the book, he calls it a shadow city. Um a slum built up around the city in the places that were not planned yet because it's this wonderful planned city but at some point there's an edge to it and at the edge where nothing had been planned um all of the construction workers uh built up their own little shadow city um so that they could get from the shadow city into the city and do all of the building which makes perfect sense if you're put in that position Uh uh-huh and the this this system and the structure is so large that there's no way that you could as a as an individual or even as a as a somewhat large collection of people be like hey your plan did not include us to exist so redo the plan with us please <laughs> um that's not a thing that was available to them and so that's one of the issues with Brasilia and the other issue that is presented with Brasilia and i was thinking about this and i was reminded of um you were uh, telling me about thinking fast and slow and about the way that they, they constructed an example. And they say, is this person a librarian or a feminist and a librarian? And you, you hear that and you know the English language um, as it is used colloquially and not in like some book that some guy wrote in England 200 years ago. And you you know that what that means is, is this person a librarian who is not a feminist or is this person a librarian who is a feminist? And you take a guess and you say probably a librarian who is a feminist. Um, And they go, ha ha, you are incorrect. (laughs) I have outworded you. (laughs) You see, you worded wrong um, in this hypothetical situation that I made. And you see the horse, his name was Friday. (laughs) Do you get it? Do you get it now? glasses jared liz just put on her glasses to emphasize that the horse's name was friday (laughs) and so the other example of why brasilia is so bad and not like you know that there aren't neighborhood uh corner stores or anything that's not the example that they use it's that uh they went to the kids in the schools in brasilia and they had them draw houses or homes they said hey draw a home draw a house And they drew like a square with a triangle on top of it and like a chimney coming out of it and the sun in the corner and four windows, you know, whatever. You think like, I'm a five-year-old kid drawing a home. Here's what it's going to look like. It's going to look like that. Regardless of if you've ever lived in a square with a triangle on top of it. (laughs) Yep. And they were like, well, you see, they hate the apartments. (laughs) It's really funny. (laughs) Look at this very hard evidence that children hate apartments. You guys. <laughs> and and like the thing is apartments that are that are mandated to be exactly the same can get very soul crushing, especially if there's no such thing as neighborhood character because it's all brutalist 1960s architecture. Um that might suck a lot. Um 
but the thing that makes it suck is the lack of agency and not the fact that it's not a square with a triangle on top of it. Yes. Um, if you use anything with more than four sides to construct your building, it is invalid. It is no longer a home. Um, it's just a very complex uh, shape. See, if the shape is too complex, it actually breaks the DNS and uh, <laughs> the whole city stops functioning. <laughs> It's a really good book. I think you should check it out um, if you are interested in statecraft, urban planning, forestry, um, uh, measurement systems. Would you give me the title and author of the book again? Yeah, the title is Seeing Like a State. Uh, James C. Scott. It's in my drafts, so maybe one day I will get to it. That is an interesting place to put books that you want to read. Well, it can't go in Goodreads. There's too many books in there. <laughs> <laughs> and now, a PSA from The Worrying Bugs. Unfavorable Semicircle is the name of a series of channels on YouTube which garnered attention for the high volume and unusual nature of their published videos. The BBC has referred to Unfavorable Semicircle as YouTube's strangest mystery. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Jared, if you were the one with the angle grinder outside of Facebook... Or if you know exactly how to get to 10.4 and I don't need to listen to anybody else, you can let me know about it. I'm on Twitter at... 